0: Donna, can you turn this on? This is Sarah's. They shared this Tuesday night. I just want Lorena to tell you about it. And, uh, you know, now Lorena's from Argentina. And uh, so she speaks very good English. But she's got an anointing in Spanish. So she's probably going to speak in Spanish. And Jeremy's got an anointing to translate it. So, and if he doesn't like it, he can change what he wants to say.
1: Amen. Um, Well... Uh, el martes a la noche el pastor me pidió para que comparta acerca de los dones.
2: Uh, last Tuesday, Pastor Byron asked me to share a little bit on what I learned about uh, spiritual gifts.
1: Um, yo estaba un poco nerviosa porque él habla muy rápido y no puedo copiar todo lo que él dice.
2: And I was trying to write down everything he had said the previous week because he speaks so fast.
1: Uh, cuando él me dijo que era el tiempo para compartir, estaba nerviosa porque en, no sé cómo iba a hacerlo.
2: And uh, when he told me that he wanted me to share um, this last Tuesday, I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't caught everything.
1: Um, entonces lloré y el señor trajo palabra.
2: And so I prayed about it and the Lord brought the words to my to my mind.
1: Um, nosotros él esto, compartía acerca de los dones y que el señor nos da dones.
2: He shared about how uh, we all have gifts and that the Lord gives us all gifts
1: y como el Señor crea un ambiente para que puedas desarrollar tus dones
2: Lord, um, our, our uh,
1: y eso me llegó mucho a mi corazón particularmente
2: really, um, my
1: porque uh, yo tengo un fuerte don de profecía sobre mi vida
2: pero
1: cuando yo tenía como 14
2: años
1: mi iglesia había un gran
2: avivamiento
1: y personas caían y
2: profetizaban
1: y palabras del Señor venían a mí para dar a la iglesia pero una vez yo quise compartir
2: y una vez
1: mis líderes dijo no, no es el tiempo
2: my leaders would come to me and say, "No, it's not the
1: time."
2: And I was so hurt by that that I would I went home and I cried for a long time.
1: No no and este I said, don. "I don't
2: want this gift. I don't want it. Y
1: no lo voy a usar.
2: And I'm never going to use it."
1: Y, eh, yo oro por personas,
2: and so when I pray for
1: people, uh,
2: words come to share
1: yo no quiero compartir
2: to, porque
1: esto no es del Señor
2: I, I y el
1: domingo pasado Sunday, yo estaba hablando con Donna,
2: I was Donna
1: y yo tuve un sueño dream, que yo estaba parte del grupo de adoración de la iglesia
2: the, the here, y
1: todos estaban adorando y en la presencia del Señor
2: praising, y yo llegué
1: tarde entonces corrí, me corrí y me acomodé
2: and I got here late so I had to run up
1: y, eh, a las personas como adoraban.
2: and I was looking and watching how people were praising
1: y un vino mi and
2: this love came into my
1: heart and
2: I said I don't want to be on the outside of what God is doing
1: entonces yo sentí que caí en mis rodillas
2: and so I I dreamt that I fell onto my knees
1: y como una adoración como nunca antes vino
2: and this worship that I've never had before started flowing
1: from my mouth ojos,
2: and when I opened my
1: eyes
2: I saw people circling me Entonces all, all yo, around me yo
1: ese sueño con Donna.
2: and so I shared that dream with Donna
1: y entonces ella me dijo yo quiero que, que Becky ore por vos
2: said, entonces
1: me trajeron acá adelante y muchas personas oraron por mí
2: so and, and y
1: por primera vez time, en mucho tiempo yo sentí que fui libre
2: I felt that I was
1: free.
2: Free to develop my
1: gifts. And
2: the Lord created this atmosphere in the
1: church.
2: So that you can share your gifts.
1: Para que vos compartir tus dones.
2: So that you can share your
1: gifts. Don't
2: let the enemy shut down those gifts that are el in your heart.
1: Trae el temor para los dones en tu
2: because the enemy will bring fear into your heart. To shut down those Porque gifts.
1: los dones
2: those bendicen
1: gifts, al cuerpo de Cristo
2: those gifts bless the body of Christ.
1: bendicen a las personas que están alrededor tuyo
2: they bless the people that are around you.
1: entonces el enemigo está enojado
2: and so the enemy is angry.
1: y quiere destruir tus dones
2: and he wants to destroy those y él gifts. va a
1: traer palabras de que eso no es de Dios
2: pero tienes que aren't from ir God. más
1: allá de esas palabras
2: but you need to look further than tienes those que words.
1: entrar a ese río de Dios
2: and you need to get into that y no river. tienes
1: que quedarte afuera fuera mirando todo lo que otros hacen
2: don't be stuck on the outside looking in. Porque
1: Dios quiere usar tu vida particularmente Dios quiere usar tu don es específico para el cuerpo de Cristo
2: En cada of Christ.
1: momento que callas
2: and every time that you don't, don't speak up, nosotros perdemos we lose. la
1: iglesia pierde
2: the church y el loses. enemigo gana and the enemy wins. ¿Vas a
1: dejar que el enemigo
2: gane? ¿Estás No.
1: El Señor está haciendo algo impresionante en esta iglesia.
2: El Señor in está
1: moviendo. He aquí is Y si vos no estás moviendo con el Espíritu, y
2: si no estás moviendo con el Espíritu,
1: y si tienes miedo de qué va a pasar o qué otros van a decir, y si tú eres
2: temido de lo que otros van a decir, and if you're
1: Yo te aviso que vos sos el que estás
2: perdiendo. You
1: Porque el Señor quiere irrumpir en esta iglesia como nunca antes.
2: depende like de tu
1: corazón si vas a entrar o vas a quedar afuera.
2: You, heart, Porque él
1: se va a seguir moviendo aunque vos estés escéptico.
2: Because he's so I encourage you that he is not going to stop this he won't stop because what he begins he will finish
1: so it's up to you that
2: up to you to get into this river receive
1: it,
2: and develop your gifts
1: desarrolla tu en donde
2: vayas go, porque no
1: es, Dios solo no está irrumpiendo en, en la iglesia sino en tu vida
2: Él no quiere que vivas como un cada
1: día Él quiere que vivas de gloria
2: en gloria de gloria en
1: gloria to glory,
2: to glory, to glory.
1: de avivamiento en avivamiento de avivamiento en avivamiento to
2: revival, to revival.
1: yo creo que el Señor nos trajo en Estados
2: Unidos
1: para que el Señor me haga libre
2: porque
1: en Argentina Argentina es difícil y me da mucho miedo
2: miedo. pero ya no no más
3: Why don't we all stand up and get her to pray for us, but first she's got a quick word. Okay, I just want to say for those of you that
0: feel like you're maybe on the shore or you are, you know, on the water, too afraid to get in, I know you're here because you have some faith. The Lord wants to increase your faith. Ask the Lord, increase my faith, Lord. Increase my faith.
1: Señor Jesús te invitamos a que vengas a este lugar
2: and I know that you are here. yo
1: sé que tú estás aquí
2: yo
1: sé que tú estás
2: aquí
1: ven con tu Espíritu
2: come, Holy Spirit.
1: Señor trae un avivamiento como nunca antes Lord, sobre esta iglesia
2: bring revival like never before irrumpe
1: church. ahora Señor con tu Espíritu Santo
2: and come upon us with your Holy Spirit.
1: irrumpe Señor and Interrupt. And Interrupt. And Interrupt. 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 Oh. Interrupt. 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 Mama Interrupt. Oh poderoso, poderoso, oh, powerful, poderoso, poderoso, powerful, poderoso. Powerful. tú vienes, tú vienes con, con poder, power, con poder, con poder para irrumpir en your cada corazón. Oh Ramayya, Kandarama, Maya, Shaya, Kandarama, Maya, Shaya. Oh Rivi, 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 Shaya, Kandarama, Maya, El Señor está en este lugar. El Señor está en este lugar. Es tu lugar. His a It's a es new one. Oh, i The a a new a new one. The Señor. a new one. The light
2: The light is
1: The light is a new Bound by something. The Lord
2: wants to set you free. The Lord wants to set you free. It's His will that you be free. Deja que te haga libre. He wants to make you free. quiere verte danzar. He wants to see you dance. quiere verte feliz. He wants to see you
1: happy. Oh, Ramashaya Kanda, Ramaya Kanda el Señor me dice que hay un nuevo mover, un nuevo día me, para esta iglesia y que, que este día nunca church. va a
2: terminar and that this will never stop. y que esta iglesia church,
1: que, que esta iglesia va a crecer
2: que la gloria
1: postre. De esta casa
2: the, of this house va
1: a ser mayor que la primera.
2: will be greater than the
1: first. Ojo,
2: and you will see what you've never seen before.
1: Oh the
2: Lord is in this place.
1: And we worship you, Lord porque solo tú eres santo
2: because you are holy.
1: porque solo tú eres maravilloso
2: quien
1: como tú o oh Dios
2: Who is like you. Dios
1: todopoderoso Our
2: all-powerful God.
1: Dios que God. todo lo puedes
2: God, you can y no do anything hay
1: nada imposible para ti
2: nos you.
1: humillamos en tu presencia porque no merecemos lo que tenemos
2: we pero por gracia lo recibimos yo
1: te doy gracias you, Lord, porque tú lo has
2: hecho you have done
1: y porque vamos a ver lo que ojo no vio no ni oído yo and no ear is heard. <laughs> and what
2: has risen up, Lord? Amen. Amen.
4: So, yeah, so, um, it's a hard act to follow, man. The Bible says in Psalm 68, it says God is, this is amplified, God is already beginning to arise, already, and then it goes on, and says, great is the host of women who proclaim it. We've got some women preachers in this church, isn't that good? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive that. We receive that. Let's just stand for a minute and say, Lord, we receive what you're doing. Receive what you're doing, Lord. Receive what you're doing. We receive it, Lord. Lord, we don't reject what you're doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
4: Okay. Um, thank you, Lord. Man. That was awesome. That's a that's uh huh? Oh. These people are not drunk as you suppose. Well, they may be drunk and something else. So, they already got all my main points that I was going to preach about, actually. So, I'll just share a few little things that they didn't already cover. (laughs) Um. And that's a great thing, isn't it? See, that's really the way you want to do it. It makes your job a lot easier when the church does it for you. Really, that's the way it's supposed to be. The body of Christ, when we really begin to release what the Lord's put in us, it's just awesome. Thank you, Lord. So Ezra chapter 9, verse 8 through 9, i got it back up on the screen this This was a word that was given to me in nineteen ninety five for our church and the guy who actually gave me this word died a couple of years ago he's gone he's with the lord now he's passed on so it says and now for a little while grace has been shown from the Lord our God Grace has been shown so what we're experiencing is the grace of god this is a this is grace it's God's graciousness to us and uh it goes on it says uh it tells us what this grace will do for us, okay? And I want to just encourage you. This is what God is trying to do right now. Number one, He's trying to leave us a remnant to escape. He's trying to leave us a remnant to escape. Y'all can just have a great old time. This is, this is the best way to do it, really. In other words, the, the grace of God, first of all, it enables us to escape the corruption of the world, right? It, it gives us power to be holy, to live a holy life. We don't have to live in sin, we don't have to sin. We've escaped this world and the corruption that's in this world. And see, when God begins to move, He's empowering us right now. Even though it looks crazy and feels crazy, he, this is an empowerment from God to live a holy life. It's not just, it's not, it's not just foolish to your mind, uh, even though that's the way it seems at times, but it is power to live a holy life. Okay? And the second thing He says He wants to do for us is to give us a peg in His holy place, which means to give us a foothold in the presence of God, that God has a, a, a holy place. It's, he wants to release His holy presence into our life. And he wants, to, he wants to, to plant our feet there. He wants to plant our feet in a place that's holy. A holy place. So, you know, the holy places in heaven are really not like the places on earth. They really are not, and God really has. Uh, Jackie was talking about those, and Jim was talking about the doors. Those are little doors to go through, little doors. You gotta, you gotta humble yourself to get into this holy place. You gotta, you gotta forget your mind in the sense of letting it be the ruler. And the next thing it says that God wants to do. So, so the Lord not only wants us to live a holy life, He wants to be us to be in His holy presence. I mean, it's. He wants us to feel His presence and sense His presence. And uh, it's pretty funny, isn't it, brother? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Step in behind the veil. And that our God may enlighten our eyes. Everybody, would you like to have your eyes open to see? It? Yeah. <laughs> See, most preachers would pay big money to get that kind of response. It's not, and it's not because of great preaching, obviously. But that, yeah, but that really is what the Lord wants to do: is give us eyes to see. Because it, if we don't have the eyes to see, all this looks crazy. None of this makes sense. But when the Lord lets you see, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. God is saying, "I am opening eyes." And if you want your eyes to open, I will open your eyes, I will roll the scales off you. I'll remove the blindness from where you can see spiritually. That's what God wants us to do to see spiritually, to see into the realm of the spirit. And it's available to everybody, because it's grace. Remember, that's what grace does. It's not something we have to work up. He gives it to us. He gives it to us. So the opener and then for uh, yes, open our eyes, Lord and give us a measure. Everybody say measure. Measure. A measure of revival. That's what the Lord's doing. All Christians need reviving. All Christians need... We we never get to the point where we don't need reviving. We are living in a world that's corrupt and and it's rough on us. It's hard on us. It beats us down. We go through things. We go through things with our family. We go through things with our children. We go through things in yeah. relationships. So we need this revival in our hearts to be able to get through things. And if, if you... if You know, no matter what you go through, God is releasing this reviving time. It's a time of reviving. To revive our hearts towards the Lord. Now is a great time to get revival. Yes.
0: Alright. Do it. I don't advise this. I don't <laughs> like interrupting. Points, but I've had okay. it done. But it, it's like I was in Umawaka in the Andes Mountains, and there's a disease down there where from the corner of your eye and the tear ducts, because the tear ducts get stopped up with the dust, yeah. flesh begins to grow over the
4: eye. Oh, yeah. Flesh begins to grow over the sight. And we saw an elder's wife who had to be led into the meeting.
0: She was blinded by the flesh that had grown over her eye beginning at the stopped-up tear ducts. Mm. And she could not see to enter into the meeting. But God touched her and opened her eyes. (laughs) And she finished reading the Psalms of Praise to our God because God had opened up her eyes. From the flesh yeah. that had grown over her eyes. The Lord is yeah. Yeah. offering us to take away the flesh that oh. has grown over our eyes. Because we have stopped weeping in repentance before Him. <laughs> and He will give us sight today. Yeah. Woo. Yeah.
4: So if the world's blinded you, <laughs> the Lord's opening eyes. And all you got to do is allow Him. He's going to, he, you know, yeah. <laughs> all right, and uh, yet our God did not, for we were slaves, yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage. Thank you, Lord. The Lord wants to set people free. Yeah. I mean, stuff in your heart that has bound you. Stuff in your heart that has hurt you. Stuff in your mind that has just beat you to pieces. Things people have said to you over the years or even done to you. God wants to break that off in you. He wants to get you free. He wants to set the captives free. He wants to open prison doors. That's what Jesus does. That's His job. That's our job. Yeah, y'all y'all got this, man. This is great, man. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so He did not forsake us in our bondage, but He extended mercy. Everybody say mercy. Mercy! Mercy! <laughs> mercy. In sight of the kings of Persia to what? To revive us. Revive us. The Lord wants to revive us. revive us. That's what He's doing. He's reviving us. And this is something he wants to do. He wants to repair the house of God. In America, the house of God needs to be repaired. In America, the house of God needs to be repaired. If you go back and study the spiritual heritage that we have in the United States, you would be sickened at what we have come to. God has a rich spiritual heritage for America. God has a rich... And we have been literally been robbed of our heritage. Robbed. I'm telling you, we've been robbed. I don't really want to get on this point too much because this is really an irritant in my heart right now. But Jonathan Edwards, who has been... He is America's greatest theologian in any ch- Christian's book that knows about theology, Okay? He is he's the ultimate theologian. Much of our systematic theology in the American church was developed by Jonathan Edwards. comes from his teachings. But Jonathan Edwards had this thing called revival theology. And you will not find that in any systematic theology book. It's because somebody decided they did not want to talk about people acting like these people here today. Because in the America's Great Awakening, people were going berserk. Yet, the fruits, they say the fruits of the Great Awakening was literally, this is, this is not Christian historians, this is worldly historians say that it was the watershed event in America's life. It changed the course of this nation. As a matter of fact, I know y'all are North, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Tar Hill fans. Y'all love Tar Hill basketball. Yeah. Well, guess what? That school was birthed out of the Great Awakening. Because what they said was at the cross. The cross is level ground for everybody, and everybody deserves a right to be educated. That's a result of people howling like a bunch of dogs on the floor, squirming around, screaming, falling over, swooning. Yet historians want to keep all that hid. They want to keep that hid from us. They didn't even Jonathan Edwards, when that stuff started to happen, he didn't know he didn't know what was happening. He'd never seen it before. He didn't have the internet. You know, we can go study it on the internet. You know that yeah, when revival happens, when every revival in our nation, true revival, when it, when the Lord has moved, people have fallen, people have screamed, people have swooned. In fact, in the second great awakening, which was done by Presbyterians, Methodists, and Baptists, they were doing the camp meetings. That's how camp meetings started, and they warned people get don't get up in the trees. Because people were crawling up in the trees and they were getting slain in the Spirit in the trees and falling out of the trees. That was literally, this, These were Presbyterians. And so we are offended when the Lord moves. And it's because we've been robbed of our heritage. We we need the systematic theology on the Word of God, on the person of, of Christ, the nature and sovereignty of God, All this, but we need a theology on revival. We really do. And it just makes me so mad when I realize... For we have been robbed for almost 300 years. God gave us Jonathan Edwards to help educate Americans for generations on theology. And they have stole something from us. They've robbed us. But there's some people finding out about it. You're finding out about some other it today. So the Lord wants to repair the house of God and He wants to give us, it says He wants to give us a wall He wants to give us a wall in uh, Jerusalem and Judah. And walls speak of protection. And we need a protection. We need a divine protection to be released to us. Uh, We don't know what our future holds in America. We don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't know if our government can always make us secure. Well, we know they can't. (laughs) We've seen that. But God can secure us. God can secure us God God can secure us and one of the ways we allow God to secure us when God moves we let God move and do what He wants to do and the church needs to do that instead of being so nervous when the Lord moves and not letting Him do what He wants to do in the church it says blessed are those who put their trust in Him blessed are those who that's Psalm uh, 2 verse 12 the end of it so when the Lord moves we got to trust the Lord and allow him because he's building a wall around us when he moves. We don't. Under, this seems crazy. How it's, this is insane, Lord. But this is how God does. All right, this is uh, Acts 20, verse 32. It says, uh, this is Paul's equivalent to this Ezra. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, uh, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So God is in the midst of doing this. That word build up, you see, it's a New Testament principle. I'm not just talking Old Testament. I'm talking about God is able to fix. Build up means to repair, to fix, to enable, to revive. Those are the meanings of that word. That's what Paul was saying to those people. Y'all need God to revive you. Y'all need God to fix you. Y'all need God to help you. We're saying to the Lord, Lord, we need you to do this. We need you. And God is an odd carpenter. You know? He don't do it like natural carpenters. He comes in and fixes us his way, and we're saying, "The Lord, we want you to come and fix us. We need to be fixed. Fix us, Lord." And we ask you to do it. Now, here's the secret to the Lord letting you, for you letting the Lord fix you. Now, the Bible's real clear on this. Okay, Isaiah 57 verse 15. Now, this is the secret to this. I believe, in fact, where well, the Bible says it isaiah fifty seven fifteen all right it says for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, in whose name is holy that's a great name you know that ho when people do ho y'all heard that well, I got this figure out it's ho that's <laughs> <laughs> what it is it's people crying out to God but they <laughs> just extend the ho. or it gets extended, but then there's le anyways. Yeah, you can only start it. It says, I dwell in a high and holy place. And the Lord wants us to dwell there with Him. And this is who He says, this is who the Lord says can dwell there. With Him who has a contrite and humble spirit. Contrite means crushed. Have you ever noticed when you're crushed, you, I mean really crushed in your life, you don't have all of these agendas when you come to God. You don't have all your doctrines and all this. You, when you're crushed, you come. Because a crushed person, they just, I just need God. And they'll take God however God comes. You know, so the Lord, but then there's the humble person. And here's the humility de- definition humility can define, be defined as a heart disposition that desires God's terms. Okay? God's terms, God's ways, and God's timing. Now, that's really what, that's where our real issue is. It's right there. God's terms, God's ways, and God's timing. Because, see, God may not do it the way we want Him to do it. In fact, let me just tell you this. He ain't doing it the way I want Him to do it. <laughs> I can just go ahead and clear that up with you right now. And my confession to the Lord is, Lord, I don't trust me because I wouldn't do it the way you do it. And my brain is too little and I'm too narrow-minded and I'm too sick in myself to know what's right. And that's the truth about me that's the truth and I'm too weak and I'm too crummy and I'm too all the other stuff to really know what, how to do it so I choose to humble myself to your ways yeah, and I'm going to have to keep doing it because Lord if you don't d- get a hold of me I'll mess, mess what you're doing up and he goes on to say uh, I dwell in the highland with him who has a contract and humbles it to revive Amen. to revive yeah. that's what he wants to do that's who gets revived it's humble people Or contract, those are the people who are in line for it. Those are the people that God wants to touch. I mean, He wants to touch everybody, but those are the ones He can touch because they're willing to lower themselves to revive the heart of the contrite. The humble demand nothing, have nothing to prove, or nothing to protect. What do you have to protect today? Do you have an agenda? Do you have your methods, the way God should move, how God people should act in church? Is that what you have? If that's what you got, then that's what you got. But I would, you know, my thing is, I'll tell you about that in a minute. <laughs> James 4 6. I want to make sure you understand this is all, this is the Bible. Uh, um, James 4 6, it says, He gives more grace. Everybody say more grace. more grace. See, we don't have all the grace that there is. God, there's more grace that God wants to give to people. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So God keeps on giving grace to those who keep on humbling themselves. You know, humility may be the only key for revival. I mean, so far, that's kind of what I'm... You know, I've always heard... I mean, this is... I'm thinking now out loud. I've always heard this from most people, that prayer is the key to revival. But it really doesn't say that in the Bible. But it does say humility... God revives the humble. However, I believe a humble person is going to pray. Because the Bible does say this. It says it in Proverbs somewhere. I don't remember where it is. I have used that to whip the fire out of people before. and I think God's going to turn it on me. It says, it says, The rich man answers roughly. The rich man but the poor man offers entreaties. I think if we are poor and humble, we're going to, Lord, we need you, Lord. We pray, come, Lord. So that's where the prayer comes in. The poor man, the humble man. He's going to pray to the Lord, I don't have anything to offer. I need you. Uh, okay, this is what Jesus said in Luke ten twenty one. There was a revival. Uh, you know, the Lord has spoken that he wants to use the ordinary man. He's not interested in, in having these great men and great women. Although we see these women preaching, man, I mean, they're ordinary, okay? It's not just people who are some gifted special person. In fact, I think if you're some special gifted person, you have all this special stuff, you may be disqualifying yourself of what God's doing because you still want to be your special self when God's saying, get down. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in. It's like I said before, there's a river and there's these streams. Okay? You let your little stream of who you are in Christ, your anointing, which is awesome and cool, let it flow into the river. And Everything goes up several levels, many levels. You get lost in the river. Your calling gets lost in the river. Your anointing gets lost in the river. All those things get lost, but you find them. Actually find it there, but you find it a lot greater. That's the way the deal works, I believe. Much better. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, there was this revival of 70 no-name people in the Bible. Luke 10. Who knows who these people were? They didn't tell us who they were because it did not matter. And it says this. They went out, Jesus said, you got to go, and you got to preach. you got to heal. you got to fix people. You've got to open blind eyes. you got to do all this, you know, heal lepers. Do all this great stuff. And they came back, and they were ecstatic. They were ecstatic about it, because they said, Lord, even the demons are having to bow down to us. They had this authority and power. And Jesus got all excited. In fact, the Bible says Jesus re- rejoiced. It's, and rejoice is a very strong word there. It's an intense rejoicing. It was like... Some of them screaming and yelling this morning. You see, if Jesus would be here, I think he'd be screaming and yelling when he sees people open and people harm themselves. He sees the you know the the, uh, the preacher girl back there just blasting away where she was afraid he would get excited. He would be happy. So what's wrong with us when we're not? That's the way it works. Anyways, it says in that in that hour Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden. Hidden. The flesh stays on the eye. Jim so clearly showed us. You've hidden those things from the wise and prudent. If you're wise and prudent this morning, your flesh on the flesh that's grown over your eyes from this world is just gonna stay there. Now that's the truth. You've hidden from them, but you've revealed them to who? babes. He, those no-name people, they were babies. But demons were bowing to babies. They were healing the sick. They were doing it all. Those are the people God wants to use. It's people who are willing to humble themselves. And people are willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to be nothing. I've told you this picture. I have this recurring picture in my mind. I can't get it out of my mind. And I've seen it on a television show where these people who I consider to be absolute idiots dressed up at their doorman. In New York, and they have these stupid uniforms on. Have you ever seen them? Well, they're on television. You've seen them in the real. Life. They let people in buildings, and they have these military-looking uniforms. And most of the time, they're dorky-looking people. Like they couldn't find a job, they own trash dog. so they find a job letting people in and out. But there's a David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the Lord's house. And I told the Lord, Lord, I will put that stupid uniform on if I can be in your house. If I can just be there in your house, I'll be glad to put the stupid uniform on. Because I would rather be stupid in the world's eyes and miss all that you have. Miss being in your presence and miss the life that you have ordained for me. That's really what God wants us to do, to have that heart. You know, so I'm not going to go buy one of those uniforms. Yeah. And this is what he said. Even so, Father, it's good in your sight for the, for the babies, for the humble people, for the low people. That's how we get what God's doing. Now, let me read Zechariah 4, 6 through 7. It says, He answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, uh, not by might nor by power, but, my, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Um, go ahead, Curtis. That's a hard job back there. Who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. That's powerful, man. So what the Lord... Uh, what the thing that... This is the testimony Becky and I have about our church, okay? This is the testimony. Is, Lord, this is what we wanted in our church. We wanted people to have, to have passion for you. That's really all we ever really wanted when it really all came... That people would love you and care about you, Lord, and so we try all these things to get people to love you. You know, we try. You know, we try to have it through worship. You know, and worship is awesome, but you can't get people to love God through worship. Worship's an outcome of love. We've tried it through preaching. We've tried it. I'm not going to say good preaching, but we've tried to have good. You know, we have said we want to have people who preach who have words from the Lord. You know. But we feel like, well, that had a little bit of fruit, but not a whole lot. You know, a little fruit. A little fruit from the worship. So we're going to have a prayer ministry. We're going to pray for people. We're going to spend hours praying. We're going to do whatever it takes to help them. That's a little fruit. You know? So we've seen, Lord, everything that we have tried to do, we feel like we failed at the honest truth. We failed, Lord, because we look in the church and we say, they've got the world all over them. You know, they're worldly. The world has gotten on us. I'm saying me, all of us. But when the Holy Spirit moves, the world gets knocked off of it. That's what happened. See, everything we tried to do and really was basically unsuccessful, the Lord does it, and He is real successful at it. He's real successful. So, so you know, you know, Lord, this is what we're supposed to be doing, but we can't do it. So, But when you start doing it, it works. And so, well, the Lord's going to do this now because He's doing our job for us. I mean, that's really what I'm saying to you. The Lord's doing our job for us. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. That's what, how it works. And it don't work apart from the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, I don't care how good you are, how wonderful, anointed even you have, not by might, nor by power, but by Spirit. So we have to invite the Holy Spirit to come and do what only He can do. And if He doesn't do it, it's not going to work. Are y'all, are y'all good with that? You know, we do have a... Uh, you know what Heidi Baker said about Americans? I thought she had... She said the worst illness in America was mental illness, that Americans are consumed with mental you know, all these pills for depression that people take. You know, and, and it's true. We're, that's a plague on our nation, is It's mental problems you know, some depression. But the Lord can heal that. The Lord can deliver that. I came to set captives free. And I thought about that a whole lot, what she said. And I really believe the Lord wants to do some of that, more of that. Anyways, one last verse, you know, uh, Luke 7, verse 31. And, And the Lord said, "So let me just make one thing real clear to you. This is, this is what one thing Jonathan Edwards said in his Theology of Revival. He says, when all this stuff started breaking out in his church... See, we always think Jonathan Edwards and sinners in the hands of an angry God and people were seeing hell and fixing to fall in hell. That's what his most evangelicals and people have pushed. That, they say, was an atypical message for Jonathan Edwards. Although it was a powerful message, it was a great message. But it wasn't like he... That wasn't his norm... When he started when the Lord started moving his church, literally there were times when he could lift his Bible and people would fall out in the spirit by the, at the, the sight of the Bible. Okay, and start thrashing and throbbing on the floor. So he was coming under a lot of fire because he was a Puritan. And they were real, you know, straight up, straight legs people. They didn't do crazy stuff in their church. They were like the Presbyterians of the day. I mean they just like you know, ordering the court kind of thing. <laughs> So he was going to come under a lot of pressure and fire about all this crazy stuff that was happening in his church. so he had to develop this theology and this is what he ultimately said is you cannot judge what is happening to a person by the way they're acting there's no because he was a bible guy everything had to be in the Bible or if it wasn't in the Bible, then you had to figure out some other method okay you had to get you had to get a the summation of the scripture if you couldn't find verses, you had to get the summation. And his summation of the scripture was this, and he got it out of First John four. Okay, you get it based on the fruit. That that's what he said. That's how you judge it. You can't judge it as being God, just because say let's just use somebody gets slain in the spirit. You can't say that that was the Holy Spirit, but you can't say it's not. I mean that was his rule. He had you know and that's how he judged and that's in. Listen, the, the president of Yale University in their day, back when they were Christians, okay? They're not... See, they, they forsook what God was doing, but the president of Yale University wrote how God touched him in, the, in his bed, and he could not move. He thought he was going to die because he said it was like, like a lightning bolt went into his body. And he was quivering and shaking and throbbing, as his old bed was shaking. That's the president of Yale University. I mean, can you imagine the president of Yale University getting touched by the Lord today? Oh no, God doesn't do that. That's what the American church would say. That's not—that's the devil. And see, we've done exactly what—we've we've fallen into a deadly trap. We've judged things where we have no right to judge those things. We judge it. We judge it with the wrong standard. We judge it by the fruit. And I'm telling you, I've seen the Lord do some stuff in some people in here that I wish I could have fixed them. In fact, some of them I wanted to talk to them about their life and their crummy situation in life. And the Lord wouldn't let me, but I saw the Lord in 30 minutes deliver them from evil and change their life. Now that's what what she shared this morning was because the Lord touched her and broke this fear of man and broke this fear of failure out of her heart. That's how you judge something. Thank you. And if she, I don't know what she did. I was watching her the other day when they were praying for her. She had like, if she had it like a maniac, well, I was good with her acting like a maniac. <laughs> Anyways, and the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? Okay? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We played the flute for you, so they didn't like that. So we tried mourning for you. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. So that was poor John the Baptist, he had a demon. (laughs) You know, That's people who can't see. He's a demon, he's got demons. Uh, Jesus, the Son of Man, came eating, drinking, and you say, look, he's a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. And that's what Jesus said. See, Jesus said, and you're looking at John the Baptist and he looked like somebody probably had he probably looked like it somebody was demonized. <laughs> said he ate locust and honey and li- had a camel hair looking in uniform on, lived in the desert. I mean, he wasn't like a cool guy even in those times. And those people said, This guy's got a demon. And then Jesus, he hung around with a bunch of daggone messed up people. He drank drank drinks, had, you know, beverages and you know, and ate a bunch, went to parties, had a great time. And they're thinking, this guy, he's, he's just messed up. He's a glutton. He's a wine beaver. So what it is, is we can never be satisfied in the natural. Now, here's what can happen when the Lord moves, okay? We can stumble either way. This is what I'm trying to, what I want to get to you. Is you can stumble by putting a focus on, like, well, only the spiritual people are having these manifestations. That means you had to be... if that, Then you're spiritual if you do that. Well, that's not true. That's wrong. That's a stumbling that way. Or the other way is to reject it. That ain't the Lord. And that's what, what Jesus was trying to get to these, say to these people. Look, you can't... You've got to let, you let the children, the fruit of this thing... Because nobody's going to be happy. You're going to like it this way or you're going to like it that way. And he was saying, forget what you like. Forget what you want. Are you not willing to humble yourself and be like a little child? That's really what he wants us to do, to humble ourselves and be like little children, to be the babes. And if he touches us and we act like a maniac, well, that's wonderful, provide there's fruit. And if he don't and we just act like just a quiet old guy... If there's fruit in that, I'm good. You know, we've got to be good with whatever God does. We've got to let the Holy Spirit come and move. We have to give Him permission to move in His church instead of us dictating to Him how it should be. That's where we've gone wrong in the church in America.
5: We've determined how it's
4: going to be. Where He's saying, I want to determine that, that's my job. A friend of mine who goes to this great, went to this great church south of Charlotte told me he was leaving recently because it was too far to drive. He lives up around Exit 18 and he's going to this other church. I said, Well, tell me the story on this other church you're going to. He said, Well, they got great music there. and They got a pretty good preacher. I said, Well, is the Lord moving there? And he said, Well, it's not really spiritual. <laughs> and this guy, this church he was at, was, I guess you could say it was a spiritual church. But I'm thinking, So we're going to go to church because they have good music? Is that the ultimate insanity? Because of music we're going to church? Or because some person happens to go to Toastmasters and learns how to talk good? I mean, seriously! Is that our standards for church? We want the Lord to come into the church. And we want good music. Trust me, I don't like bad music. We really want good music. We want preachers that can preach, you know. But we don't want all that apart from the Holy Spirit. In fact, we say the Holy Spirit will take you over that any day of the week. I mean, we are all that stuff's negotiable. It's all negotiable, but He's not negotiable. The Lord gave Becky this word back, and you know the things they have about wet floors. Slipperies, yellow cones. He saw a vision of a yellow cone. It was talking about when the Lord moves, be careful. Don't slip and fall. You know, you can slip and fall if you put too much focus on these outward things, or you can slip and fall if you reject the outward things. But then he gave her the word out of Psalm 2, kiss the son. You see, the Lord wants us to kiss him. It's, this, if if this is about... If it ain't about the Lord, if, it's not about, if the Holy Spirit's not leading us to this encounter with Christ, then we don't want that. I mean, who would want such an insanity? Who would want a church that doesn't care about God? And that's what it really boils down to. What do we care about more? What people think or people's attitudes or do we care about Him? And him being here and him doing what we want him to do. We said, Lord, we want to preach the gospel to the poor. We want to open blind eyes. We want to set captives free. We want to, you know, preach, accept. That's what we want to do. And he's saying, okay, that's what I want to do. Let me do it. Because if you do it, it's going to be a hard, a lot of mess. You know, it's just not good, (laughs) bottom line. So, you know, that's the That's the testimony. And uh, so I want to encourage you about worldliness, okay? And we have a couple things about worldliness that we want to finish up and pray for people, right? Is that right?
3: I just felt like this week the Lord just spoke to me and told me that um, really what the Lord's doing in this present move is really He is bringing the fire of the Holy Spirit. To really change us as believers. That so much so that the difference in us will be as marked as how it was when we first came to know Him. It's that kind of a step that the Lord's drawing us into. And I just wanted to encourage us with that. You know, that the Lord, it, it's, it's like I heard Him say, This is salvation for the Christian. I really heard that. You know, right now it's salvation for the Christian. And, uh, and I just want us to respond to that. And, um, you know, and Sarah was just talking about, we've been talking about just as we've been getting really touched by the fire of the Spirit, and the Lord just baptizing us fresh and making us sensitive and taking this dullness off. We are, are so sensitive to what we hear and see, and it, we can really see that really operating in our lives right now. But, Lord, we need more. Yeah, I mean, this thing's... I mean, the Lord is really wanting to take us that kind of a distance with Him, that kind of a place. He's really coming in our lives to really make us wholly His. Wholly His. There is a line in a song we've been hearing that He is making us holy, burning us holy. That's really what He's doing right now. He is burning us holy. Burning us holy. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
5: just what Becky was saying, but but um, what the Lord's really shown me through all this and what He's doing in me is that He showed me, I realized that I had really been lulled to sleep by the world. That slowly, just through, you know, living life and just to where things didn't affect me. Like I could watch things, I could listen to things and it just didn't affect me because when the Holy Spirit came and really what He was doing was awakening my spirit to him. I mean there was like this it was like I felt like I got woken up because all of a sudden I really had to be on guard. I had to say, Lord protect me, show me because I couldn't watch th- I can't watch things the same. I can't listen to things because it's like all of a sudden I've been woken up to what things really are. What it's doing when I let that into me. What it's really it's like and the Lord's just come to awaken us. To stir us up, and I'm saying, Lord, just awaken me more. You know, awaken me to so I, that I am so awakened to your Spirit that I can know what you're doing, that I can know what you're doing, and and step in with you and be, you know, in line with you instead of so asleep that I don't even realize it when you're right there in front of me. You know, so
6: about a week and a half ago, before Lorena gave her. Um, message at class, um, I had a dream and I was, uh, it was a mixture between Honduras and Argentina because everybody was speaking Spanish and um, it was in this hospital slash orphanage and I had given birth to Art in there and after, you know, there were all these beds around and um, I had gotten up after, after having them and I was somewhere else, I was out of the room and I came back and they were like, Sally, six babies have been stolen. Somebody came and stole six children. And Arden was one of them. And in my dream, I just stood there and I'm like, really? Okay. Um, what are we going to do? And, um, and we were, you know, starting to call the police and all this stuff to look for these babies that have been stolen. And we were out trying to figure this out. And we came back. And the whole rest of the place had been cleaned out. All of the children that had come back and stolen. All the babies. All the orphans. All the, the you know mothers. Children that had just had them. And I ran outside. And I looked and there was this big white utility van. And there was a bag. A man was carrying a bag. And I knew there was a baby in it. And he jumped in the van and they took off. And I was like, no, wait. Wait. And I just woke up. And it was it was like, I, w- I woke up and I'm like, why wasn't I ecstatically
7: upset? Why wasn't I screaming and tearing my clothes? And my child had just been taken away and all I did was stand there and go, what are we going to do? And when she spoke, she talked about spiritual gifts that had been stolen. And the Lord is saying, your children are being taken from you, these things that... I'm birth. I'm wanting to have birth in you, and they're being taken away, and you don't even care. And I was sitting there while you spoke, and I remembered when I had Arden, and how when he came out of me, fire shot through my legs. It felt like it shot out of my feet, and it was just so powerful. This thing that had been birthed in me, and it is the same because the physical reflects the spiritual. And there is power and fire that God wants to shoot out of us. And the enemy wants to steal it all away and we can't let it.
0: So let's run up and respond to the Lord here. Let the world be burned out of you. Let the spiritual gifts like Lorena's testimony be released in your life because they can't be hidden any longer. They can't be hidden any longer. They can't be hidden. So let's just do that right now.